Supercoach All-Stars podcast. This is Barnsey back for another week and this podcast is actually going to be a bit of a shorter one, a bit of a quicker one because first of all um, we've got a huge buy planning podcast that's going to be next week and it's going to be an extra long one. Uh, second of all, a bit short on time this week. I'm actually expecting a baby any day now so had to try and fit a podcast in so it's just going to be a solo one with me just to quickly go through this round a few of the top options trades and going to be a bit of a different format we're just going to go through each game and have a look at the top options sits sells possible holds and also vice captaincy and captaincy options and some of the big talking points from some of the players for this round as well so before we get into it first things first top sport great partner of the all-stars podcast if you are going to have a punt do so responsibly but make sure that you do do it with Top Sport. Use a promo code for this podcast, which is SC All Stars, and they'll make sure they take good care of you because they'll be able to see that you're one of our listeners. NRL odds are always fantastic, but really all the sports are excellent on there. The MLB, the NBA especially. I love Bucks are giving it to the Nets as I'm recording this podcast, which is fantastic. But Top Sport, 100% Australian-owned bookmaker. Fantastic one to jump on if you are going to have a punt. SC All Stars is your promo code for that one. Before we go to the first game, though, just a quick five-minute strategy chat that we're going to have. So this one's going to be based on the buy planning that we're going to be talking about in depth next round. But your trades this week are really going to make a huge difference on what you can do next week. So certainly, I wouldn't be looking at this week as just a, a standalone trading week where you're just trading for this week. Planning is going to be really important. So next week, we've obviously got the five trade round. Now, oh, the Supercoach obviously jumped the gun and we had some five trades to play with for the first half an hour of lockout this week until they fixed it all up, but next week's the five trader. So what that means is you really need to have a look at things and see a couple of different avenues that you can take as a strategy. One of them is if you're going to make two trades this week and five next week, that's going to be seven trades. So you really want to be making sure that you can afford to do that. Uh, if you can't, then it might be better to have a look at whether you just hold the trades this week to make five altogether because there's going to be a lot of benefit in doing five trades at once. I'll use my team for an example. I am going to use the five trades and I'm going to do it to help me clean out the dead wood in my team. So ordinarily, getting rid of someone like Sean Bloor would be very difficult. You need to save up some bank for a few weeks most of the time uh, or trade out a gun with Bloor to get one gun in and get enough in. And those enough to, from a, a, a semi-nuff type of trade like a Bloor, uh, they're terrible trades to make because you're basically going to someone else that you can't play and, and burning a trade to do it uh, and just really getting rid of an AE nightmare. So what you prefer to do is to be able to get multiple trades at once to allow, allow you to do different things. So what it means is that you can clean out one or two dead woods, but also trade out multiple guns to give you enough money across five players to maybe only get one enough in, even though you're clearing out two or three of them even. And that's going to be really advantageous. You're really going to be able to do that next week as well. If you use a Heinz at 900,000, for instance, that's really going to help you. And just having those five trades is going to let you clean out your team. So I'm definitely going to do it. Uh, Ryan James and Sean Bloor, top of my list on, the, on my chopping block to clear them out. And I'll use Heinz with his cash to be able to turn one of those straight into a, a gun or semi-gun that I want to keep. 
The other thing too is that with the five trades, it's going to allow you not just to set up for the buy round, but to set up for the run home. So certainly I'd be very careful about uh, worrying too much about getting, you know, five guys in that are going to play the buy. If it's going to mean you're then low on trades and not going to be able to get guys out that maybe are a spot start and certainly trying to get guys in that are going to be, you know, relative keepers for, for the season is going to be best. Now, if you've got a lot of trades, then go nuts. You know, you can do your two trades this week and, and your five next week, and that's fine. If you don't, you really probably want to have a look at it. Either way, I would suggest planning. So have a look at the players that you want to get in for next week. So list your five players and then have a look at what you're going to do this week because the second big point on it is what you're going to be able to afford to do. So for me, for example... To clear out a Bloor and a James, I'm going to need some bank there as well. You know, So if I use some trades this week and they look really good, but I use all my money up, it, I might get to next week and go to do the trades I want to do. And I'm going to be really stuck. Even though I've got the five trades, it might actually be hard to do what I want to do. And that's when you end up in a sticky situation where you're a bit stuffed for the buy. You, you end up making an error by getting players in that are cheaper that you didn't want initially. And you might even end up stuck with them. And overall, just the lack of planning is really going to hurt you next week. And it's going to come down to the buy, but also you run home as well that's going to be affected. So put down your five players that you want next week. Work out who you're going to send to them. Work out what the cash difference is and what type of bank you need this week. Because if you were someone that, say, wasn't going to hold Hines for a week to play with the Tigers, and we're going to talk about that a bit later in the podcast... Uh, trading Hines this week is going to be a huge advantage because you can probably give yourself a half a million dollars in bank next week to use across those five trades. So all of a sudden, trading Hines a week early is going to let you have a heap of cash next week to spend. That's going to be really advantageous. So get yourself some bank next week if you're going to need it by doing your trades this week. Certainly, I, I see this week as trading to set yourself up for next week. I wouldn't use it necessarily except for maybe a few team-specific instances, on just setting yourself up for points this week. You know, I, I think most of the players that can be named have been named this week. I think most teams have a, a reasonably solid 17 to play. I wouldn't be worrying about upgrading, say, a centre wing for an extra 20 points that you might get uh, over putting yourself in a position next week to really go all guns blazing, do five gun trades and fix up your team. I'm looking at round 17 as not just a buy round, but pre that, I'm looking at as a round that I can clean up my team for. Uh, and I think that's a really good strategy. So I'm all aboard with that, getting rid of the dead wood because coming out of that round 17, you're only going to have the two trades a week and you're going to be really short. You know, I've saved a few trades and I'm still only going to have, you know, half a dozen left or something for the run home. And it's a 25-round season, guys. It's not short. It's not like a 20-rounder like last year. So we're in a real tough pickle with the run home with trades. And I think everybody is, even the people that are saved trades. So I would prioritize doing your five trades next week over doing your two trades this week because I think you can do a lot more with it. I think you can set your team up for the run home as well as for the buy. And I will also prioritize planning and getting bank this week for next week's trades, if that's what you need to do. Uh, it's all about next week's five trade round for me. So certainly keep all that in mind. Let's go straight into the games now. And the first game of the round is South vs Broncos. And geez, this is a fantastic matchup for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Now, I'm just going to say outright that I'm not particularly interested in the Broncos for this one. I think that it's South are an absolute special for this matchup. So... 
I am really wanting to make sure that I've got as many of the South's guns as possible for this. I really think that they're going to towel up the Broncos. Last week, they had some guys like Latrell who were really important for them, having a bit of a, a steep turnaround from origin. Uh, also, Cook was out, obviously. It really looks o- ominous for a, a Broncos smashing here. So I am going to start off with the guns that I'm interested in. Cody Walker, I went through a fair bit last week. I traded him in. Look, some teams might have been a little bit disappointed, but he still scored 76 points. It's pretty amazing that his lowest score is 16 for this season so far, and his next lowest score is 52. After that, he's got a 57 and a 58, and everything else is 60+. plus. So it is pretty phenomenal how he's been going. He's averaged 69 a game, which is five points down on last year, but he's actually been going exceptionally consistent. What that means is, uh, as a vice-captain option, I really like him as well, because like I mentioned on last week's podcast, he still hasn't gone a ton this year, and the Broncos are just the type of team that he can do it against. So playing the first game on a Thursday night, he's a really easy vice-captaincy option, but he's also a really easy trading option. He's got a BE of 47, he's 542,000. He's a standout six trade-in at the moment. And there's a lot of teams at the moment that still have a Luai that still that might have an Adam Dewey who's out this week that want to trade him. He's the prime candidate to get in for this Broncos matchup. Love him. He's my VC pick for this game as well. But as far as what he might do, uh, I am going to throw in a bit of a stat a caveat here where, strangely enough, the Broncos aren't one of his better teams to score against. He's got a maximum score in his history against them of an 83. Now, there is only three teams he scored lower as a max score against. Now, he's had eight games against them, so it's a reasonable sample size. Uh, That doesn't bode well for his scoring against them. For some reason, he hasn't gone that great. I reckon that this is a game that's going to buck the trend, though. I really, really like him for a ton this week. The guy that I'm looking at trading in this week, though, that's a gun, but he's a bit of a fallen gun with how he's gone, which is kind of surprising, is Damian Cook. Now, a lot of people are going to look at that and go, no, Damian Cook, no interest at all, but... Connor Watson has to be traded out. He's got to go. So for me, I'm having a look and there isn't standout hooker options to bring in for this week. Damien Cook's obviously not going to play around 17. So he's not going to be a buy trade-in. But you can't afford to only get guys in that are going to play the buy, especially for the round 17. You've really got to look at your run home and how you're going to position your team. You, If you own Connor Watson, you absolutely cannot hold him. You have to get rid of him right now. And Damien Cook is a straight swap. He's only 475000 a BU39. If you're going to get him, even though he's going to miss round 17, this is probably going to be the time to do it. The Broncos' middle has given up a huge amount of points. It's a prime game for him to, to go well. Now, in saying that, again, being honest with the numbers, he played him in round five and only scored a 47. But he's also playing probably a little bit better lately. I think that Origin's going to help him out with his confidence. And I'm going to bank on him having a a big second half of the season. So far, he's only averaged 62 points a game. That's down from 70, 76, 78 the last three years. I don't think that he's going to average uh, 62 points a game for the season. I think it's going to be better than that. For him to get to a 70 average, he is going to have to average like 76 points for the rest of the season. For him to get to a 65 average, he's going to have to average close to 70 points for the season. So if you can buy Damian Cook at 475000 now, and he averages 70 for the duration of the year, that's a good purchase, especially getting Watson out, and especially when 
when he does go big, he, he's tended to ton this year a couple of times, and that's been against the Bulldogs and, and Parramatta. And Parramatta was actually the last game he played in where he scored 105 points with only his second try of the season. Broncos, I could see that happening this week. So I'm all aboard the, the Damien Cook train because I have to get a hooker in, and, and Watson out makes a lot of sense. He has to go. So he's another one to really consider for this week, I think. When we're moving along, uh, on the money side of things... Alex Johnson has been a hugely popular trade in the last couple of weeks. And look, I, uh, I, I did like him. I didn't want him for the run home and I was really torn. And I spoke about this last week because I knew that he was going to go well last week and he did. He went better than what I even thought he would have. Uh, ended up doing a big ton and coming off with 124 points. He's one of the more trained in players at the moment. He is still only in 19% of teams, which isn't huge ownership, but he's probably going to be 25% plus this week. Playing against the Broncos, he could easily score a hat-trick this week, and I'm pretty worried that he's going to end up putting in another big score. So I'm looking at him at the moment. He's 554000 but he does have a minus 71 BE. So what it means is that you can get him in. He's going to play the round 17 by. I was worried about uh, having him and having him score some lower scores. I think that I'm probably just going to lean towards biting the bullet now and just getting him in for the run. Part of that is as well because my worry is a little bit negated by the fact that he's definitely going to make money now. So if he drops a 15 in three weeks, I'm probably still going to make money out of it and I'm just going to bite the bullet and burn the trade. So I'm just going to have to do that. Uh, I really like him this week for a ton as well, though. Uh, I'm sure that he's going to get at least two tries. So he looks like a pretty astute trade-in, but a lot of coaches are jumping on him. Someone that a lot of coaches aren't jumping on, though, that's our pod for this game, is Latrell Mitchell. Now, he's really hard to get in, but he's only 579000 and he looks absolutely primed now that he's got a good rest from Origin to come out and absolutely kill the Broncos. Everybody knows that the Broncos give up a huge amount of points to opposing fullbacks. You know, they're some, it's something like 90-plus that they're giving up at the moment in super coach points to opposing fullbacks. This is a, a phenomenal game for Latrell Mitchell. Uh, I expect him to explode in this one as well. I know I'm saying that I expect a lot of these guns to go really well, but you know I'm, I'm expecting a big a big South Sydney win. So he's an option, but not many teams are going to be able to do it because he's a fullback, which is why he's such a great pod option. You know, if you have some, uh, if you have a fullback that hasn't been performing, if you've put a a spot hold fullback in like a a Hines or or even Adam Dewey because you've moved them to do other trades for a week or two in prior weeks. Now is the week where you can potentially move them back and really go for a run with Latrell Mitchell or something like that if you want to wait to go to a a turbo or someone that you don't have for the run home later on. Um, Unfortunately, he is fullback only though, so it is going to work for a lot of teams. But if you're really chasing or you really want to get a leg up on a head-to-head, I'm sure that he's going to go well this week. So he's a real pod one. Um, he's obviously had a big season. His numbers have been good, um, despite the fact that he's relatively cheap. Um, but you know, it's it's only in five percent of teams as well. So you're definitely going to get a jump up. He's averaging just under eighty points a game. I'd be surprised if he doesn't get multiple tries this this game and carve up. As far as the game goes, obviously I'm I'm all over South for it. Top spot bet of the week for this one. South's line is minus 17.5 at $1.90. I'm all over that one. Love it for top sport. They've also got Alex Johnston at just under $1.50 to score a try anytime. That is almost money in the bank. That is almost a guaranteed one. So I'm loving the odds on top sport on these anytime tries. Far better than you find anywhere else. Cow Sharks is the next game. 
this one's an interesting one because there's a few really interesting options in it. Now, uh, a lot of people have been disappointed um, in Valentine Holmes just because of last week. I've seen a few people make comments about how annoying it was that he scored what he did last week. And look, I'm an owner. It was annoying. Uh, I VC'd him in my draft competition and I thought that he was potentially going to have a big score. And obviously it was it was pretty bad. Let's put it in perspective though. You know, he had a... He was in a team that got absolutely flogged by Manly and had a te- Cowboys had a terrible game. He still managed to score 42 points. That's how good his floor is with his goal kicking and also his uh, try assist. He basically can't get a, get a game in where he doesn't get a try assist and he can't get a game in where he's not getting goals. So he his lowest score before he's 42 was way back in round one of a 20. Since round one, up until last week, his lowest score had been uh, a 50-plus, and his lowest score in the fullback jersey had been a 50 until he hit this 42. He's a gun. He's playing his ex-club in Cronulla. I love him for this week. As a pod option for the VC, uh, I reckon that he's a, a decent one. He's already gone 100 and 138 points before last week's 42. That 138 would be a, a golden VC option as the second game this week. Against the Sharkies, he threw up 70 points in round four. But I, do, I, I think the Sharkies were performing a lot better than what they are currently. Uh, I, I do think that he's a potential for a ton candidate. So I'm definitely VCing him in my draft side again. Uh, but certainly for Supercoach as a Smokey this week, he could be a VC option for you if you own him. Do not jump off him just because he's not playing round 17 or because he had a disappointing week last week. Do not rage trade him. He's going to be a keeper for the run home. Cows have got a decent draw. He could go exceptionally well this week and you'll regret it hugely. As far as moneymakers go, and a very popular guy for this week, Talakai has risen the ranks because Wade Graham has unfortunately needed to sit out because of his concussions. Now, it's probably going to be a month that Talakai is going to have this job. I've seen a lot of people jumping on, and for good reason. You know, Talakai is an absolute gun. To be able to put a dual second race forward center wing in your center wing as a starting edge back row is gold. Talakai kills it when he's starting. Okay, it's it's a given. He's only 369000 Totally get it. He's he's probably going to be one of the better trade-ins for the run home if Wade Graham's out long-term. If not even for short-term, uh, I think that he is great. Round 17, you're going to want him in your side. But I would hold off this week. And the reason being is because you do have Teague Wilton off the, on the, off the bench. He has started in the back row before as well on an edge when people have been out. Uh, and Talakai has an 80-odd an break-even. You know, he's not going to go up in money. It's not going to cost you anything to wait a week, see that he plays 80 minutes, and see that he's not suspended for around 17 or, or hurt for around 17. You don't need his his solid points this week, and it's probably going to be solid. You know, he'll probably give you 65 or something. You can wait. He's probably going to be 350k for next week's trading. Just wait. Just do it then. Because the downside of doing it right now is going to be if he ends up getting 55 minutes or in some sort of job chair with Wilton, his value isn't really going to be great, and you're going to really need to second-guess whether you want to do that because if Wade Graham's back in four weeks, that's not going to be a fantastic trade-in for you. He's not going to be the guy that you're, you're hoping he's going to be at the 80-minute mark. So I would really... It costs you nothing to wait. Really wait and see. And if he plays 80 minutes this week, he, he's a, almost a must trade-in for next week around 17. He's going to be a great one to have in your centre wing, especially if he keeps it long-term. We spoke about SJ last week as well. This is a prime matchup for SJ. So certainly if you're waiting a week on SJ, uh, you want to see what he looked like, uh, and you've you know, got, a, again, a Dewey or 
um, one of these other guys in six that you want to get out, like a Luai, who I traded last week to Cody. Certainly SJ is an option. Got 79 points last week. Looked good again. That's 79 and 71 in his back-to-back games. He's now 495,000 with a 38 BE. That's a really good trading option at the moment. His next few games are exceptional. Like I said, the Sharks do have a pretty good run. Cowboys, Broncos, Warriors in that buy round. Raiders, Bulldogs, Manly, Warriors, Knights, Tigers, Broncos, and then the Storm in round 25. Their run is sensational. So certainly you could look at a Sean Johnson. And I tell you what, I'm actually looking at him as a run-home guy instead of a Cameron Munster and just biting the bullet and going for the pod route. He's still not heavily owned, Sean Johnson, and he could finish off the season big because he is playing for a contract and does have a great draw. So I really like him for this week. Um, I don't know if he's quite an outside Smokey for a VC uh, because I don't think he's going big enough at the moment and hasn't for a little while. Uh, but certainly he could be in for a big game. So if you need a six, he's a big consideration. Really like him for this week. As far as a watch player for this one, um, I'm just going to throw out that Katoa for the Sharkies has been decent in the past, but has been felled by injury this year. Uh, he's in the extended bench and he could definitely come in. And he is a guy that just about got to gun status last year's um, 59.8, I think he was. So he was right. You can round him up to 60 and say he was a gun last year. But he's 470k and he's got 110 BE. So he should drop pretty nicely this week. Uh, and if he ends up starting and playing, that is. Uh, but if he ends up starting next week, he's going to drop. And all of a sudden, he becomes, with that run, a bit of a watch. Uh, because he might get down to like 420,000. He's had a good base base attack in the past as well. So if he's back to starting for that run home, you could probably slot him in for around 17 potentially and just hold him there. His floor has been pretty good in the past. So he's definitely an option to watch. And he's a guy that's going to be 1% the next couple of weeks in ownership. So he's an extreme pod scenario. As far as the game, uh, I'm really not sure what to make of this one. The Cowboys need to bounce back after last week. The Sharkies, you know, can play a little bit better, but they're going to be without Wade Graham. Sports bet better the week. We've got the Cowboys at $1.70. The Sharkies at $2.10. I think it's a bit hard to call. So I'm actually going to abstain from betting on this one. But I do think there's a bit of value there for the Cows at $1.70. So I'm probably going to lean towards them. Uh, A Valentine Holmes masterclass is what I'm hoping for. Panthers-Roosters is our next one. Blockbuster Friday night matchup. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this one. Panthers have lost a couple on the trot, so they're probably going to be pumped for it. They don't have Kikau playing, who has traditionally gone pretty well against the Roosters. He becomes a definite sell. He hasn't worked out at all. I'm happy to put my hand up and say for a few weeks he got his 80 minutes and he's just played shithouse, so <laughs> that's fine. It's going to happen sometimes. If you only invested 400k in him, it doesn't really matter too much. You can just neck him now. But for this game, it's, it's actually one of those games where you might want to sit some of these guys, and we don't talk about it often enough because we run out of time. But certainly, you know, if you've got a rotation of your center wing guys and you have an Ikevalu, like I'd sit an Ikevalu in this. Uh, I'd even consider sitting a Tupo, although he's got a pretty good a pretty good floor, so you don't need to. Um, Sam Walker, I'm definitely going to be sitting for this one. I'm not going to play Sam Walker, despite his upside. The big guns like Teddy, you know, you've got to play Teddy. You've got to play Angus. Other guys, you'd probably be looking at sitting for the Roosters. For the Panthers, uh, even the same. Like, I, I wouldn't play a Luai if I owned him. I'd obviously definitely play Cleary. Cleary's still going to be a VC option for this one. 
Uh, I wouldn't put the straight C on him, though. He is coming off his lowest score of the year before Origin, and he does have that Origin game under his belt where he's rested from, but, you know, the Panthers are are going to be heavily looking towards him and might be a bit out of sync getting this um, this side back together after the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, it's a real hard one as far as the Cs and VCs, but there is a few different value options in it that I'm going to talk about. You don't have to buy him this week. I've already spoken about him for a few weeks, waiting for him to come back to minutes, but Takiyo sat out last week. He's back this week at 398000 47 BE, you can afford to wait till next week and it's probably the best thing to do because he's playing the Panthers this week and you can also have a look and see what his minutes are going to be like. But they have been back to about 52 the last couple of weeks and he looks pretty good when he was playing before that uh, rest or injury last week. So certainly he's a cheap downgrade option that's going to play the next buy uh, that you can look at for next week. But there are going to be teams who are really needing to get rid of a front row forward, uh, might not have one to play. And if you don't and you need a budget one, he's still there. But a guy that hasn't been spoken about at all and he's barely, barely owned, very under the radar, Jared Warrior Hargraves has been pretty interesting lately. And I say that when it's going to be his 250th game with the Roosters, and it's a big week where he's just gotten off, and I think he's going to be pumped up for this week. He also loves to step up against the, the big opposing packs like the, the Penrith Panthers. Now, this is an extreme pod, 1% owned, uh, but one of the interesting things with Jared is he's only 466000 so he's one of those budget front row forwards. He is going to play the buy round. He does actually play quite well uh, against some of the better sides, um, but... He's been starting for a month now, and he's going to need to keep starting because Lindsay Collins is gone, and the Roosters are pretty thin on that middle rotation, and the Fords, everyone knows about their injuries, right? So since he's been uh, starting, and it's actually five weeks he's been starting, he's got a five-round average of 65, and he's got a three-round average of 69. His base for the year, even including his bench games, is 50. So that's how good his floor is, but... Since he's been starting, he's absolute raw base, 67, 48, 55, 68, 69. Now, if you like someone like a James Fisher-Harris because of their great base and great floor, Jared can do very, very similar for $100,000 less, and he is going to play that buy round. I'm thinking that he's probably going to keep playing uh, the minutes that he has been. His minutes have been uh, pretty good. I don't think he's going to be getting 80, though. So certainly the last two games where he scored 79, 74 points, he's gotten 80 minutes. And, and Takiyaho has been uh, wasn't playing last game. But they're really going to be relying on Takiyaho and Jared now as their, as their two front row forwards. You know, they don't have a lot of depth now that Lindsay Collins has gone. So I really do like him to keep playing uh, better minutes. Um, I'd be surprised if he isn't playing sort of 55 as an average minutes for the rest of the year. On a 55 average... Um, he's going to be scoring you, you know, close to 60 probably just in raw base. And then you've got the added, you know, offloads and whatever else. But even if you just go 60, for 466,000 as a front row forward that you can play for round 17, and as an extreme pod, you know, he hasn't scored a try yet this year. He doesn't score a lot of tries. He doesn't get a lot of assists or anything like that. But he's going to get one or two over the course of the second half of the season. So I, I, don't, I really don't mind him as a bit of an extreme pod. The Roosters, after the next couple of weeks, the draw opens up a little bit as well. So just a bit of a shout-out for Jared. But as far as the game goes, um, really interesting one because I'm really not sure. You know, it wouldn't surprise me, even as a Roosters fan, if, if the Roosters get hammered um, because yeah, they just 
they've got the injuries and I, I'm not sure how we're going to perform. We will have a game in us every now and then we'll, where we won't go too well. And if Penrith are on fire and they're really itching for a win and they're really up for this, they could put on points. At the same time, I could see the Roosters being very competitive uh, and it would be great for me if they end up getting in a, a win over the uh, the Penrith Panthers and giving them the third loss in a row. The Panthers are $1.27 on top sport. Um, so the Roosters are $3.80. Uh, I actually don't mind giving the Roosters a line though. Of um, plus seventeen and a half, you can give them, and you're going to get a dollar seventy-three for that. So I think that's that's pretty pretty good. So I'm going to take that one on top sport for the top sport bet of the week. Knights Warriors is the next game, and this one I've already spoken about Connor Watson, but he scored twenty-three points last week. He's still coming off the bench. Uh, his minutes have been a bit better because he's gotten to come in and play six or start at six. Um, it's also been a side that hasn't had Ponga and hasn't had Pierce, so they've, they've probably relied on him or given him a little bit more of a leash to do what he wants. Ponga and Pierce are back this week. That as well doesn't bode well for Watson. You just, you've got to sell him. So like I said with Cook, you know, I'm looking towards who I might want for the second half of the year. It's a straight swap. I don't have to spend any money on it. I can preserve my bank for next week. There's obviously other options as well, but you, you've got to get rid of Connor Watson. He's got to go. Uh, the other thing from this game is that we've got a pod gun that we haven't talked about enough, and he is going to play round 17. So I'm going to mention him for this game because it is a good matchup. This, the Newcastle Knights do have uh, their two big guns back in Pierce and Ponga that are going to help them, but there's still a side that, that isn't fantastic. So I expect the Warriors to go pretty well. Tohu Harris is a gun for um, the Warriors, obviously, but he's got a BE of 100 plus, so you can definitely wait on him. But a guy that's got a BE of 87 that might actually hit it um, is Nikarima. He's 582,000. He's a dual halfback 5'8". So again, a lot of people training out Luai, Dewey, and a few other players. Uh, this could be an option for you. He's got a five-round average of 73 points, a three-round average of 68 points. I have always not wanted him because of his low scores, but it's got to be said... Since round eight onwards, he's scored 60-plus for all six of those games, and it has been pretty phenomenal. Round eight onwards scores, 112, 95, 66, 69, 61, and 73. That 73 last week was against the Melbourne Storm too, by the way. Yeah, he has been exceptional in his consistency for you know pretty much a couple of months now. He's already got two tons to his name in 104 in round six versus Dragons and 112 in round eight versus the Cowboys. Uh, playing the Knights and then also going the Dragons and the Sharks the next few weeks, this might be an opportune time to jump on him. Um, he is someone who's going to be a pod for you. He is under 10% ownership, and he's a jewel as well, so you can move him around. Certainly, if you've got the trades, um, he's going to be a, a ballsy um, but very good option for round 17 because he is a guy that has ton potential, and those are the sort of guys that you want for round 17 for that buy. But he's also a guy that you can just leave there as well. Um, he's in 7% of teams at the moment. Even if that jumps up, it's probably still going to be 10% and under. So he's a really good look for this week if you do need a half as well. And I do think that he's going to go well in this game. But I'm not loving this, this matchup, so we are going to move on. Top sport better the week for it, though. Top sport better the week for this Warriors-Knights matchup. Uh, I'm going to take the Knights. I do think the Ponga and Pierce back is going to make a big difference. $1.60 on top sport, pretty good value for them. So I'm going to be jumping on those guys for the next game of the round. Tigers-Dragons. Dragons could not have been worse last week. They were they were really bad against the Dogs. Uh, everybody was pretty terrible, but um, a couple of interesting things that have come out of 
both camps. Um, most of it's on the hold side of things. So a, a lot of people like me got in uh, Ben Hunt. We're pretty happy with the buy, I think. Scored 88 points for us. I was happy with that. Uh, I think that he's a, a pretty good um, dual backup that you can have between halfback and, and hooker as well. But then I've seen people saying, I'm going to jump off him. Now, look, before his 14 against the Dogs, where he was terrible, he's gone 88, 83, 58, 55, 69. And his worst score in round eight was a 22. He's got two scores that are below 40 all year, including last week. The rest of them are 40 plus, and he only has one in the 40s. And in fact, uh, seven out of his 10 games are 50 plus. Now, he does have a really good floor, despite what he did last week. Uh, he's got two games in the 80s as well, and one game at 116 with his sole ton. So 30% of the time, he's actually going 80 plus. His numbers are good. He's got a B of 91. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if he hits that this week against the Raiders or gets close to it. The Raiders haven't been good themselves. I think that it's complete panic trading or rage trading to get rid of Ben Hunt. Um, certainly, you know, for me, I've got like Watson to get rid of instead of Hunt. I think most people have someone to get rid of instead. If you're planning on getting rid of him anyway, then, you know, I understand it. But he does have the Raiders and the Warriors in the next two, which is decent. Um, and then does have some all right matchups coming up as well. But if you're going to get rid of him or you really needed to get uh, a half in or you really like have him at half pack and you want Cody Nicarima, certainly, you know, that swap, you're doing it a week early. It does make sense. I'd just be really careful about rage trading him just because of last week. It is only one week score. The Dragons were terrible. They're playing at Wynn Stadium versus the Raiders this week. I expect him to be a lot better. Likewise with Dufty as well. Um, now, people are looking at jumping off him. And it's it's funny how quickly a week changes things in Supercoach and in the NRL. He was a saviour, absolute saviour, the round before last, where he went 156 points against the Broncos. Everyone was yelling at the Dragons to re-sign him. There's petitions and everything for the Dragons to do so. And then he plays the Bulldogs, where you expect him to go the same or better, and he scores 21 points and isn't involved, and his defensive issues get exposed completely. That's why he doesn't have a contract, but... It's also why you kind of got to stick with him. You know, you can look at it as, oh, he scored 21 points last week, or you can look at it as since you traded him in the last two weeks, he, he's given you close to 180 points. And close to 180 points, you know, he's actually got an 89 average the last two weeks. And, and his three-round average is 80, and his five-round average is 76. That's what you kind of got to look at. Don't jump the gun on him if you were planning on keeping him for a couple of weeks. Uh, he's got a 67 BE, 644,000. That's fine. If you were planning on punting him, though, or you had him for a bit longer, or you just you just want to get rid of him, someone like Latrell Mitchell could give you prime points this week. There is guys like Turbo that do have prime matchups too. So it does make sense. And look, this, everything is very team-specific now. So you might think that I'm contradicting myself by some of what I'm saying. But for some teams, maybe it makes sense because maybe you really need, maybe you've got a lot of trades. Maybe you've had Dufty for five weeks, you know, so it's easier to sell him because you made a lot more money. For those teams, it makes more sense. For teams that only just brought him in, it makes less sense to be trading him out. You also don't want to be trading just for the sake of trading. So don't rage trade. And that's more what I'm getting at when I'm saying, you know, don't panic. You don't want to rage trade him out just because he scored 21. If you trade him out, you want to be trading him out for a better reason than the fact that he just scored 21 points against the Dogs. You know, he's going to have those games. If you believed in him last week, you know it shouldn't really change too much this week. So have a think about it. Look at your plan. But I do think that this week versus the Raiders, he ends up having another good game because that's kind of what he does. If you have a look, he hasn't gone back-to-back games of scoring poorly. Okay, 
He's gone one set of back-to-back games all year with his worst scores being 49 and 31 back-to-back. But all the rest, when he's had a poor score, um, he's he's come back better the next week. Round two, he had 41, came back and scored 76. Uh, Round four, he he had an okay 54, came back and scored 115. You know, off his 31 in round eight, he came back and scored 111. That's just as likely to be the case this week as well because that's sort of how he scores his points. So I just wouldn't panic too much with him. You know, if you plan on trading him, that's fine. If you plan on trading him next week and you want to go early, yeah, okay. But if you liked him and you're you're sticking on him for a couple of weeks, you know, I wouldn't let last week throw you off completely. Uh, a trap to talk about in this one. Few people have actually said, oh, look, Bailey Simonson. He got to start at fullback. He's starting there now. He's going to be better than what he was on the wing. Uh, he's got a minus 13 BE. Uh, maybe I should get him back in as a bit of a cash cow. Just throw up 116 points against the Broncos. Do not do it. 346,000. Don't care that he plays the buy round. He could very easily score 20 points this week because that's who Bailey Simonson is, even at fullback. Uh, even against the Dragons, he could score poorly. He might make $40,000, give you 20 points in that buy round, uh, and then all of a sudden you're trading him out, burning two trades for not very many points and not very much money. If he was a lot cheaper, yeah, maybe. But look, you'd rather just get like a... If you had to make some cash, you'd rather just get a Mazu from the, the Titans or even a Tarn Milne who will play around 17 and might make some cash or go away. Like paying 346000 for Bailey Simonson is absolutely insane. I don't think there's any great buys in this. CHN was a pretty good buy last week. He went solid till he went off, scored a try. He's another really good buy again this week. I'm certainly looking him for the buy round. But not a lot happening in this game, so I'm not going to focus too much on it. I certainly don't think that we've got some CVC options in it, that's for sure. Top sport better of the week. I tell you what, I'm not going near who's going to win this. Dragons were awful last week. The Raiders aren't really a great side either at the moment. So... Down to the try scorers. Uh, Michaeli Ravalawa didn't score last week, and he doesn't go too many games in a row without getting a try. Uh, I do like his value at $1.82 on top sport. That's some really good odds for Michaeli to be scoring a try this week in this one. Next game of the round. Now, this one is the Tigers v Storm. It's a pretty interesting one because there's a lot of Tigers now that are reasonably owned that people have got questions about. I would sit every Tiger. I wouldn't want to play any Tiger in this one. Uh, I really fear for them this week. Um, so certainly like a, a Nofo, you'd want to be sitting. Uh, Luciano Leilua, I really don't like his chances on that edge, even though that edge can give up a little bit of points for the Storm sometimes. The Storm are at full strength. Really don't like it for the Tiger side of things. Uh, hold or sell, though. This is where it becomes more interesting. So someone like Nofo Luma has been really disappointing. Now... He's not going to play the next buy because he just gave us some buy cover for round 13. And he's coming off 26 and 28 points the last two weeks. He's got a BE 121 and 460,000. He is absolutely plummeting at the moment. He's only got the one ton so far this year, but when you dig a bit deeper in the numbers, he's actually only got two games out of his 14 where he's gone 80 plus, And he's actually only got four games out of his 14 where he's gone 70 plus. That is well down on last year. And in fact, when you look at the last five years of his performance in Supercoach, this is his lowest percentage of games where he goes 60-plus points. Only 43% of the time this year in a big sample size of 14 games has he gone 60-plus. Last year, he did it 70% of the time. The year before, he did it 50% of the time. And the years before, 44 and 46% of the time, he went 60-plus. 
in a lot of ways, this is shaping up as, as one of his worst seasons that he's going to have. Um, selling him, he doesn't play the next buyer. I completely get it. Uh, I would just look ahead with some of these guys, though. And I'm going to say the same for Adam Dewey. Completely get selling him. He's not even playing this week. But I, with all of your sells at the moment, I would be looking long-term because these aren't guys that you can get back anymore. And everything that you do from now on in is going to shape your run home and what your side looks like. So you really need to be a little bit calculated with it. We've all got deep squads now. We can all sit players. So after Melbourne and South the next two weeks where the Tigers could get obliterated, they've actually got a really good run home from around 18 onwards. So Broncos in round 18, Manly, Warriors, Bulldogs, Cowboys, Sharks, Panthers, Dogs. They play the Bulldogs twice. Uh, They've only got Manly and Penrith that are currently top eight teams that they play between round 18 and round 25. That is a really good run. Uh, And when you also have um, a Bulldogs matchup in round 25, which is going to be a grand final and head-to-heads, guys like Adam Dewey and Nofaluma could be the difference makers. So I'm not saying that you shouldn't sell him now. Uh, If you need to and you don't have anyone else to sell uh, and you can't sit him this week or or certainly the next two weeks, I would probably sit Nofo. If you don't have a a squad that's that's deep... Yeah, then you'd do it, okay? Get rid of him. But for me, like for Dewey, for example, you know, there's no way I want to play in the next two weeks anyway, so I don't even really care that he's sitting. And I've got Cody Walker at six, who I'm 100% playing the next couple of weeks. And he's covering me for the round 17 buy at the moment as well. So I've got no issue with all the other guys I can trade out, just having Dewey there as my second six right now. Because I'd love to play him round 18 versus the Broncos. And really, you know, for the majority of that run home from round 18 to 25, I'd love to have Adam Dewey there goal kicking uh, and maybe even getting the number six jersey back. So I don't mind holding as well. I, I think that it is an option if you're looking at long term, especially if you don't have very many trades, guys. Like If you don't have very many trades, you're going to have to consider biting the bullet and holding some players that might have a good run home for the last third of the season. So it's just a consideration to look at. Um, certainly, you know, they can both be traded as well. When we're having a look at some other options in this one, on the Melbourne Storm side of things, the real contentious one is Hines. So Hines has been great. Um, he's been named to start at one again this week, but he also has a big BE now. So he's now uh, close to 900,000, but 176 BE. Coming off 87 and 73 points, um, he's he's now looking like he might drop a heap of cash. You know, if he throws up what he has the last two weeks, he's going to drop, you know, 75k or thereabouts. That's a big drop-off. Um, but, yeah, there's two kind of camps at the moment. There's a lot of people are selling him. He's in the top 10 most sold. Uh, a lot of people are saying as well, though, that they're going to hold off. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. And I think too often in Supercoach, a lot of teams with these options are looking at a black or white answer. And a lot of times it just isn't, okay? This is a real, you could go either way on it. There's there's good pros for either. The pros for selling him are that you're going to get him out and you're going to make a heap of cash. And what you can do with 900000 is huge. You know, you can set yourself up for next week or you can get guns in for this week that you might need. Uh, it's it's basically two center wings for one. A lot you can do with it. Um, Pappenhausen is going to be back. And if he's back in, say, around 16, being next week, then all of a sudden you're going to have to sell him anyway. You can't hold him. 
uh, he's not going to play the bye either. So the most that you're probably going to get out of him is the next two games, and one of them's against the Roosters at this SCG, so it's not a great matchup. Uh, I'm going to hold him myself short-term, and my reason is that I think that you can definitely use the argument that you're going to pay for points. Now, he has already shown upside of 182 points. He has already gone three weeks in a row of 182, 138, and 156 versus poor opposition. When he starts against poor opposition, he's generally gone very well, and his floor seems to be 70-odd. So that's not bad. He's actually a VC option, I think, this week, and a very strong one against the Tigers. The Tigers aren't going to be looking as good this week. They do have a couple of outs. Uh, so I'm holding him because, look, he could give me he could drop 45,000 and give me 120 points. I would rather pay 45K this week and get the 120 points out of him. And if he throws up 175, you know, I, I would be livid if I sold him. And he has that potential against the Tigers this week. And it's not just the 175 points that you miss out on. If you VC him and he scores 175 points... That is massive. Like That is a big jump on your captaincy option in what is shaping up as a really tough captaincy week as well. That's how you get a leg up. I'm big on holding him this week and selling him next week. Just wear whatever the loss is because you're still going to have made a ton of money on him and he's still going to help you out in the, the big trade round next week with your five trade. So I'm huge on it. I'm big on him for VC. Harry Grant is a really interesting one. He's been named on the bench again this week, uh, and it's it's a real job share with Brandon Smith, but Harry Grant's numbers have still been really good. He still managed to average 74 points a game this year, which is better than last year, despite not playing 80 minutes a game, which is crazy. And in the 14 jumper last game, he scored 83 points in his 58 minutes. Playing against the Tigers, the side that he obviously played with last year, oh, I expect him to really step up and be up to it. Um, and I think that it's just going to be another huge game from him, but he's not going to play around 17. He is going to be in origin, and he is still on the bench, so you really have to make that call as to whether you're happy enough to get him in now and just ride him for the run home. He's got a 91B and 614,000, but he's the alternative for the Connor Watson out. You know, If you don't want to take a punt on someone cheap like Cook, then I think that your other target has to be Harry Grant. He's got a big week this week. You could even VC him this week and hope he goes big. He doesn't seem to have those big... Big tons, though. So, unlike Hines, he's probably safer to do a C on uh, because it seems unlikely he's going to have a poor score this week and it seems very likely against the Tigers that he's going to have a big game. Uh, he looked really dynamic last week, scored a try, line break, was running really freely. I really like him against the Tigers this week. I think he does well. Top sport better the week for this one. Josh Adokar, playing this, the team that he started at the West Tigers before moving over to the Storm, uh, I think that he's going to be in for a big game. Probably a couple of tries at a minimum, but if you just want a short odds one, to score a try any time, he's at $1. forty-eight at the moment, which is lowish odds, but you know, pretty pretty comfortably, I'm pretty sure that he's going to score a, uh, at least one try against the, the Tigers. But if you want to go for the double... $2.61 for him to score a double is really good odds. So I'm loving that on top sport. And some of the two-plus try scorers are great for some games where you're probably, probably going to have a lot of points from the Storm in that one. Uh, Parramatta Eels and the Canterbury Bulldogs is the next one. And this is another one where on top sport, the Eels are very short price favourites. But the Eels have got Sevo out. Um, so that's, that's an interesting one. Uh, I'm actually going to hold Sevo, but I understand people selling him if they've got him. But uh, I just think that you can have some um, some depth in your centre wing and rotate guys around. I will say that after these next two matchups, um, when the buys are done, Sevo has a, 
a few decent games that you're really going to want to put him in for, um, like the Gold Coast Titans and Raiders in round 18 and 19 are both pretty good, uh, Raiders being a bank west as well, which is great for him. Um, and every second game from round 18 onwards is at Bankwest Stadium for them. Uh, and that is really big too, because they are, they are great at Bankwest. They do have some harder ones in there as well. Um, so certainly he's a, he's a sell option. Um, 570000 you can use that elsewhere. If you've got enough trades, then yeah, definitely you can punt him out. Um, I don't think you need to hold him. I don't have very many trades. I want six, maybe even seven center wings that I can rotate in and out. He's got a few games that I'll rotate him in four out of the, of the final run. So I'm just going to leave him. He's certainly fine to sell, though, not playing this week and some harder matchups coming up. Uh, aside from Sebo, though, with the hold and sell, there's a lot of talk around Madison. So Madison has been disappointing. There's, there's no way around that. But his actual output hasn't been horrifically below what it normally is. Uh, his PPM has been at 0.88. Last year, it's 0.99. The year before, where he averaged 68 points, it was 0.88 as well. It's really just come down to minutes. So his minutes have been all over the place. He's, he only played 54 minutes on the weekend, and I really don't understand why. Uh, the two weeks before, he played 71 and 70. Again, a bit strange he wasn't doing 80. And then in round 11, he played 59. And it's the three weeks before when he came back from his concussion injuries, he played 80 minutes three weeks in a row. When he plays 80 minutes, he's fine. You know, his 80-minute scores this year are 67 60, 85, and 74. Uh, even in his 70-plus games, he had a poor one at, at 42, but he's also got a 95-point game that was just a week before last, where he came out and blitzed the, the Newcastle Knights edge, as we thought that he would. His actual output is good. It's just his minutes, and it's a bit hard to tell whether they're going to normalise or not. People are looking at selling him. He's about 510k. He's not going to drop a huge amount of cash with a 60 BE, but obviously he's not playing around 17. Uh, look, I do think that you can just leave him. Um, I'm not, I'm not massively against selling him, but I just can't see them not turning around his minutes and it being more consistent for the run home. And he is the sort of player who you're going to want if he's playing 80 minutes. I'm just going to leave him there. If you do need to bench him, go for it. But he's playing the dogs this week, so it would be a really brave time to be selling Ryan Madison, even if he's got reduced minutes against a dog's edge that gives up points. You know, there's so many examples of the dog's edge giving up points to opposing edge back rowers. Uh, he's got a high score at 92 against him, which I believe was last year where he went over for a line break try. Um, he's he's a prime matchup this week as well. So I'm going to hold him. Um, I understand why people are looking at it, but geez, I don't think that there is that many second row forwards that are screaming out to be a top five keeper for the run home anyway. So I think that you can definitely leave him there. Bench him for a game against the Panthers maybe next week if you think that you need to because you should have enough second row forwards for you to, to rotate other guys in. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to be holding him pretty strongly. I think that he's going to be getting his 80 minutes back and that's all that he really needs. Clint Gutherson has kept on being an absolute beast and he again has a matchup in this one versus Doggies where it's a, I don't care that they won last week and went well. Someone like Gutho could absolutely kill them. He's got 95 and 121 points the last two weeks and... The last five weeks, he's had an average of 85 with a three-round average of 94. He now very quietly has four tons out of his 14 games this year and is going 60 plus 79% of the time. 
unbelievable numbers from Gutho. Uh, this is a week where you could again put the straight C on. The last two weeks, if you did it, you got an average of 110 points for your captain. That's fantastic. This week, I can't see him going below what he's done the last two weeks. So I definitely think that he's a 90-plus option this week. Definite captaincy choice. Uh, and he he could absolutely blitz them and go for a big score as well. Played the Bulldogs in round eight. That's his highest score that he's had this year. It's one of his highest scores he's had ever. 140 points against the Dogs in round eight. Very, very safe captaincy option this week. Uh, I do think the Eels are going to kill it. When you're having a look at the top sport bet of the week for this one, they're very short price favourites at $1.09, as you would expect. So I'm definitely going for the try-scorer options as well. But I do like their line still. So even though they're giving a lot of points, minus 20.5, I do think that they could carve and do that at $1.90. When you're looking at the anytime try-scorers, though, Gutho is at $1.71 on top sport. He's scored for four weeks in a row. He's only got uh, four games all year in his 14 games that he hasn't scored a try. He's been on an absolute try-scoring frenzy this year. So, love that $1.71 on top sport. I'm all over that one. I think it's a great value one. Next game for this round, uh, we're going to be talking about Titans versus Seagulls. Now, this is the last game of the round. So, certainly, if you own Turbo, I think that he's probably the best captaincy option this week. I'm... So scared as a non-turbo owner not having turbo versus the Gold Coast Titans this week. Um, the Titans gave up a huge amount of points to the Roosters. It only got close when Jared got sent um, to the bin for 10 minutes and the, the Titans scored three quick tries. Uh, the Roosters put on 34 points pretty um, easily. And I think in the first uh, half, it was um, 28 points or something like that. So the Roosters really blitzed them. Manly could do the same. Uh, they got the full squad back, and Turbo looks absolutely prime for a big one in this one. So I don't think there's a better captaincy option. Um, Turbo also plays the Dogs a week after. So if you were going to punt one of your fullbacks and you are looking for the run home, pretty prime time to be trading a Travojevic in with the Titans and Dogs, and you can even put the C on him as well this week with the Titans matchup. Uh, for value and cash cows, I am seeing a lot of people looking at... Um, Maju, and I'm sure that I'm pronouncing that wrong, so I'm going to apologise in advance, but Maju is a guy that's been going really well since he got his opportunity two weeks ago, 82 and 64 points, which means that a base price rookie, he's got a minus 80 BE, he's got a base of 35, he's always had a really good base, which is why he's projected as a super coach weapon forever, um, but now he's getting his opportunity, he's really going well, but Corey Thompson's due back any week at the moment. So it's it's a real hard one. I don't think the teams really need the money. So I'd be really careful about um, trading in uh, Mazu for cash, especially if he's going to lose his job next week, potentially even. Um, maybe Semi goes and they try and swap wings uh, and Corey Thompson comes back there. Maybe Don comes back in, though. I mean, he's on the extended bench too. I just think there's a lot of question marks he might not even play around 17 at this point. Um, if you really need a downgrade, look, you could do it. He's going to make some cash. I guess the good thing about him is if you are going to need to get someone in that's a base price guy and hope that he plays around 17 in the buy, he is a guy that um, isn't probably going to be on the bench, so he's not going to be an AE nightmare. Um, if you do have him for the run home, if he ends up having to stick to your side, he does have a really good base. He always has in the lower grades as well. Uh, so he's not going to be an AE nightmare and you can just leave him there. So it's not terrible to get him in. Um, I just wouldn't be chasing cash as such if you don't um, really need a downgrade. Um, so 
he's definitely probably the best option, though, at the moment as far as the cash cows go for this round. Playing against the Seagulls, uh, there's a good chance that he doesn't go that well, though. Um, for the Titans' gun list, for feeder last week, uh, didn't have the best game. It was a little bit interrupted. And all of a sudden, Daniel, uh, all of a sudden, Daniel, David Fafita has not shown up against some of the biggest sides this year. And starting to become a bit of a question on um, whether, you know, teams are putting it on him or it's a really hard matchup, whether he's actually going to come good in those ones or not. He's had an undeniable great season, uh, but you know, he started to show that flaw that we were worried that he might have. He scored 47 points against the Roosters, uh, only 34 minutes though. I don't think you can ever sit him. Uh, I, and I, I do think against the Manly Edge that he could go well still. So definitely not talking about sitting him, but I mean, I I saw a, a team that was just flush with cash and just wanted to buy a gun secondary forward and, and was kind of look at getting for feeder in. He's got 155 BE and he's 750,000. You know, it, wait and you're going to get him for 600K in a couple of weeks' time and get him for that run home. He's definitely a keeper, uh, but this week, Certainly no VC or C for me. Uh, I'm not sure that he's going to go too well, but he is going to get his 80 minutes back at least. So if you got him, you're certainly going to be playing him. But there isn't too much else in this game that's uh, of a massive interest until we get down to the pod watch. And then we've got the big question about Ruben Garrick to finish up on. We're going to talk about him a lot next week. But he's coming off 106 points now against the Cowboys. Um, he's just gone on an absolute tear. That's his fourth ton of the year now. We've spoken about him for a couple of weeks. He's just not going down. He's 684,000. He's got a B of 100. But against the Titans this week and the Dogs the next two weeks, he may very well hit it this week. You know, it's it's very hard to tell because of the amount of goals that he gets to kick. Uh, and with Turbo, you know, back in full swing, he just seems to be a must-play and almost a must-buy centre wing if he was cheaper. But 684000 it's a pretty hard sell to bring him in. I'm not going to bring him in this week. Uh, I think the people that have Hines can definitely play Hines instead of him this week and then look at a straight swap next week with 200k change. I think that's the play that you probably want to make if you want to get Garrick in. But it is a tough one. He could very well come in and he could drop 300k in the next month because he could hit some 20s and 30s. And then it's you know big troubles. Um, obviously, the buy that he plays is not going to have turbo in it as well, which is something to take into account when you're playing that much money for a for a center wing. But you know, for those that already have him, well done. For those that bring him in, if he works out, he's going to be a big ballsy one that'll work out really well for you for the run home. Manly have got a great draw. But I do not see the Titans getting a sniff in this one. Uh, I think that I'm so scared of Turbo, and I'm sure that he's going to go for a try. So that's my top sport bet of the week for this. Tom Trevojevic on top sport, $1.84. I don't think you'll find much better value than that, but there is also Jason Sarbert at $1.70 that's looking pretty spicy against this Titans uh, side that is probably going to give up 30-plus points at a minimum to Manly, I reckon. So it should be a high-scoring one to finish off the round. I'm sure a lot of head-to-heads will either win or lose based on what happens in this Manly versus Titans matchup. That'll be the podcast for this week. Uh, I apologize that it's a bit of a different one, a little bit of a rush one, but next week's going to be a buy special. Hopefully it won't be interrupted by the birth of a child, but that could happen, so I'm just going to flag it in advance. But good luck for this week. Make sure you're planning again for next week for the five round, uh, five trade round because it's going to be a really big one. Good luck with the captains and VC options. Do make sure that you follow us on Twitter, though. It's NRL underscore SC underscore All Stars. Make sure that if you are going to go on our great partner, Top Sport, and make an account that you use promo code SC All Stars as well, you can download and subscribe on iTunes as well as 
get us on Spotify and SoundCloud. That's a wrap for this week's podcast. Good luck, and we'll chat to you again next week. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on, get paid.